Welcome to Matchmakers in the City, the podcast. We're your hosts, the Conti sisters, matchmakers and co-founders at our personal matchmaking firm, Matchmakers in the City. Dubbed by millionaire matchmaker Patty Stanger as her favorite sisters in Hollywood and the new generation of matchmakers, we've been celebrity matchmakers for nearly six years. And now we're spilling all of our secrets about love and relationships to you. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Matchmakers in the City, the podcast. This is Alessandra Conti. And this is Christina Conti, now Pineda. And we're the Conti sisters, and we're super excited for today's episode. So let's begin with hot topics, Christina. Today is a really big anniversary for us. Um, Sex and the City's first episode came out 19 years ago. Isn't that insane? This day. This exact day. At exactly Wednesday, June 7th, however, 19 years ago. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. Sex and the City has stood, standed the test of time. Yes, stood the test of time. Stood the test of time, definitely. So I know that our company name is Matchmakers in the City, loosely, you know, loosely inspired by. Exactly. Loosely inspired. We're also in major cities. Yeah, exactly. So it (laughs) It just just worked. worked. (laughs) It was a pun. pun. It was a pun. But I am a big Sex in the City lover. Um, I, Alessandra you know, speaking. Yeah, Alessandra I love it. Whenever you disagree with me, you say, that's Alessandra speaking. <laughs> well, I just want to differentiate you know, the it's, voices. It's important. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like though we did grow up watching Sex in the City because it was a, it was on, remember it was on TBS when we were younger? So we yes. would watch it with mommy. But the episode, I think it was with when, our mom. I don't know if we were with, I think we it was were. when she went to bed, after she went no, to bed. No, she would be there. I remember her there, and I remember certain things coming up, but they would, they what they would do is, they would make it, um, they would, uh, they, they would edit out the, the parts that were really, that anything oh. that was sexual, they would edit it out. So oh, when I, we okay. were like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, well, I guess it was more 13, 14, 15, 16 through then. I would say high school. Yeah, high school, mm-hmm. more high school than middle school. I feel like that's just like bad parenting if you allow your children <laughs> To watch Sex in the City when they're <laughs> under 13. Um, it was definitely high school, and I think it was after she went to bed. That's yeah. pretty, in my mind. I don't know. I feel like she was there, but okay. regardless, we'll, we're having a sisterly sisterly fight about this. I don't this. want my mom to be. No, no, thrown <laughs> under the bus. But no, but they, what they did, they edited out the parts. So right. When I went to college... I and my and then I had friends who who were avid Sex in the City fans just like me. I would know all of the episodes, but I would only know like elements of the episodes. Oh, but they still made sense even without everything in yeah, them. Yeah, sure. I know, it's really funny. But anyway, so I I I'm just a big lover of Sex in the City and I want to just kind of dissect the different relationships mm-hmm. that were in Sex in the City because great, I do great. really feel like they're so the, the older I get and now they're on HBO, they're on HBO Go. So right. I watch them just I I I refresh my with all of them Mm. and I just 
I really do think that they had a really big impact on the way that the way that we dated and the way that we kind of see relationships and the way that society sees relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And it stood the test of time because still 20 years later, I mean, 19 years later, it's all applicable to a lot of the situations that are happening even now. Right, Um, right. And wait, hold on. I'm just going to add this uh, here. So I want to begin with Mr. Big and Carrie, the relationship. I mean, the Mm -hmm. big arc relationship. And I think something that you were mentioning is that this whole concept of does art, does life inspire art or does art inspire life? Yeah. And you see it working in Sex and the City with, with it in, inspiring culture and then culture inspiring it. Yeah. A lot of these, it was a time, it started in a time when women were really taking it over in the, in their careers mm-hmm. and they would face dating problems that women a generation or a few generations before didn't have those mm-hmm. same issues. And just the culture changing, there were times and then morality ideas about morality were shifting. Yeah. So it's it was a pretty... Yeah. Pretty... Yeah, no, totally. And I think that, I mean, I think that definitely um, as... I think that... With Sex and the City, um, it's known that they they would never put in an episode, a situation that didn't actually happen to one of the producers or mm. one of the producers' like best friends. Right. So these were, I think, actually, it was just it, it, it. They wouldn't put it in an episode unless it physically happened. Not producers, so the writers, you, where, and the writers. This is, is like a known fact. This okay. is a known thing. Um, of just the Sex and the City trivia. That's okay. why it's so relatable and it's so true to life mm. because these are things that really happen to all these people and I read the there's some fictional I mean there are a lot of fictional elements about the show though yeah, in terms of, of characters course. it's not but, all real but no, no, some no, no, of no. the, fo- but the, the episode experiences focuses on- the focus is like they didn't just throw take it out of left field just saying like oh this guy you know has a right. spanking issue like right, this is something right, that right, happened right, 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 to right, one okay, of the writers okay. so I Biggest, and also, I mean, I read the Sex and the City book, and to any of our listeners out there who also read the Sex and the City book, I was kind of unimpressed. Like, mm. I think it was it, like Candace Bushnell, gotta love her. Actually, she was on um, Real Housewives of New York a few episodes ago, which was just so funny oh, to see. Because, wow. um, you know, she's iconic. But I really think that. The Candace Bushnell definitely began. She kind of made the format. She made the structure of these different character type people. Right. But the writers of Sex and the City, that's where it really came. You know, that's where the show, it's a show. It's not something where like, oh, the book is so much better than the show. The show is light years more developed than the book ever was. Right. Um, because the book kind of was just the, this, you know, woman in her 30s who was dating around and who was talking about her different friends. But it, the archetypes kind of go... Um, like Samantha was made Samantha and I think it was like a collection of stories that a few things that that Candace Bushnell wrote but anyway back right. to Mr. Big and Carrie the relationship right. and then throughout the years it developing the yeah. also the bags the clothes the oh, shoes everything. all of those visuals the make, bags the clothes the shoes oh just my. make Sex and the City gorgeous 
viewing beautiful. just to see the yeah to see the the luxury that they're but in. it's luxury but it's also gritty like that's the thing that I think that especially the I mean the first and second movies but I really think that especially for me the first movie was lacking that kind of grit and that real life because when you watch the episodes yes it's glamorous mm. yes it's gr- glitzy and all of that but like Carrie is a new like Carrie writes a column so she uses her money on Manolo Blahniks. Like, she uses her money, and that's what she right, says. Right, Whereas now, you know, she's super successful, so it's more right. of a housewives as right. opposed to right, right, right. the nitty, the gritty of, like, I'm using my money for clothing and shoes, and, you know, in I'm that supporting more, myself. I'm supporting myself. As yeah. a, and you kind of felt that struggle a little bit, which I think also mm. a lot of women could be like, oh, yeah, like, that's this is real life because right. you're choosing. This is a priority for you. Right. But anyway, okay, so back to the relationships on it. So okay, great. Mr. Big and the Carrie relationship. Um, do you think, Christina, that this was a bad example for young, impressionable women to grow up in? Hmm. Well, I think that... Or was with, it good? And just to, <laughs> to, to refresh the memories of any listeners who mm-hmm. either haven't watched Sex and the City in a while or have never watched it, yeah. Mr. Big, you are missing out. If you've never seen Sex and the City, this is we are not your this you're not our target demo. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Sandra speaking for the other people. You are our target demo. This is Christina speaking. No, I'm sorry. I mean, no, no shame, but I really think this is like you need to experience Sex and the City. You haven't. You haven't really fully experienced a human experience if you haven't watched Sex and the City. So anyway. That's Alessandra again. I think people can differentiate. (laughs) Okay. So Mr. Big was the, I guess, great love in Carrie's life. He was the man who had it all. He was wealthy. He was attractive. He was older than her. Successful. Very romantic. Very suave. Very charismatic. Charismatic. Yeah. Was mysterious. He didn't give it all in the first you know, a few dates, he, it took a while to get to know him. Mm -hmm. And I think things that people can, and it was kind of a chase on Carrie's part Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. He would pursue her, but it wasn't all, he wasn't texting her every single minute of the day. Yeah. He left mystery there. didn't even exist. Oh yeah, he wasn't, that's true. He just didn't call her. Exactly. He was maybe a few times, I mean, he was pursuing her. No, no, he pursued her. But, it was definitely Carrie, more mystery. It was a lot of mystery. Than some of the other men who she dated. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. What were you going to say about Carrie? No, and I mean, the more, now that I'm watching it back as like a fully functioning kind of young adult woman, I see that Carrie was a little cray. When it came to Mr. Big, like there were elements where I think that she pushed for things to Mm. happen before they were ready to happen. Okay. Like when she wanted to meet his mom or she wanted to go to church with him and she was like, why am I not, why is he not inviting me to church? Like, so she literally went to church, stalked him out and saw him and his mom and made him introduce her to his mom. Wasn't that a funeral? it, no, no, no. It was church. They, oh, it was, they were in Sunday. black. It was just a Sunday church. Oh. So, I, I, I mean, there were... And then making him just want... Just... There was a lot 
of pressure Ooh, on there was a lot of pressure on Carrie's on Carrie's level. And when I was initially watching it, I would always be of the of the mindset that, oh, Mr. Big, he's such a jerk, he's such a blah, you know. Mm. So I think that watching it back, also like being a matchmaker for six years, you know, working with men and women and knowing what we know now, I see a lot of the behaviors that Carrie displays as being kind of that, you know, that insecure just, woman. Insecure, like mm-hmm. really pushy and and Mr. Big really liked her but I think that he needed that space yes. to develop he needed that space to grow Definitely. this was a bachelor for how old was he 40 something in the series Probably, yeah. this is a 40 something bachelor living in New York City you know and then this fabulous woman but in her 30s you know he so I, I think that my takeaway as being an older person now re-watching it. TMTS. What too much too soon. Oh, Christina, that was a that was a beauty right there. TMTS. But I think that just being an older person watching it as opposed to like the 13-year-old back then when I was like, oh, oh my gosh, poor Carrie. I think it's more I can watch it very objectively and be mm. like, Carrie, I totally get where she's coming from because all of the emotions that she had, I have experienced. Like I feel like we've all experienced them but the way that she acted on them was a little much right and that led that that I could see how big would would do some of the things that he did not in the movie though he has no excuse yeah the movie movie, is a totally other animal a different beast yeah I hated the first movie well I loved the first movie I loved the first half of the first movie then once big walked away I couldn't deal with it um from the wedding but yeah so I think that on like the takeaway of the Carrie and Big relationship was you know and initially the writers even said that they didn't want they didn't think that Carrie and Big would end up together but so many people were rooting for it Mm. that he had to have that character growth that character shift because a lot of times in real life like IRL the Mr. Big's IRL if he's 40 something and still living that life it's gonna take a whole lot to get him to the point then that he was at at the end of the series Mm. Um, but I mean it is really beautiful and I think that I was always rooting for Mr. Big I was never really an Aiden fan but let's talk about Aiden. Let's talk about Aiden for a second. Okay, so, so just the, one pull oh, yeah. away from okay. the, the Carrie, Mr. Big yeah. situation. Yeah. You might not be clear in all the nuances of the relationship. I forget them, to be honest. How could but, you forget? <laughs> but, How could you, Christina? <laughs> but one thing that women and men can pull away, mm-hmm. and I date coach this to our bachelors too, mm-hmm. don't reveal all your cards too early. Mm-hmm. Amen. Women need a little bit of a question mark mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be hearing from you constantly. They mm-hmm. may think they may talk to their friends. Why hasn't he called me in a few days or whatever it is? That's fine. That's good as long as you're consistent mm-hmm. and you pursue her and you have and you're you're calling her at the right time to ask her out, giving her enough time to plan for her weekend. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be on top of her yeah. because when you're on top of her, that's when she starts distancing herself. Women are the same way, and men are the same way. Women, let him pursue you. Show your interest. Make sure you show your interest, but don't follow him to church. Exactly. Go to church on your own. Don't follow him to church. <laughs> go to Jesus, but don't exactly. follow him. Okay, exactly. go to your own, honey. Go to your own church. No, but no, I completely agree, and I think that a lot of a lot of um, studies have actually shown that when you don't reply to a text instantaneously the um there is more attraction 
from the person, the receiver. Like, the, you are perceived as being more attractive if you don't reply to a text immediately. So if you wait, the longer you wait to re- reply to a text, obviously within reason, like within exactly. 24 within hours. Reason but and it within. does, it gives that pull and take. And a lot of women that are listening to this, um, I'm also, I read The Rules. So The Rules is a book that the A Few Women wrote right. um, it, oh, very, uh, you know, in like the 90s. Right. Um, I feel like we're nine. It's like a 90s day with Sex in the City. Um, the women wrote this book in the 90s, and the rules are very much all about self control, mm. about waiting. And I read the old rules, and then I read Love the it. new rules. Love it. And the new rules say to wait at minimum a half hour to reply. At minimum, I think they even say four hours, like depending on the day. They say just wait four hours to reply to a text. Ooh. And which is a which is a long time. Oh, yeah. But it, it is important for women to understand that we do not have to be replying instantaneously. No, definitely not. You know, you're not you're on your busy. phone all the time. And that is actually, you might actually be for work, but you're yeah, in the middle of something. Don't yeah. stop your life. Even if you're watching, like if you're watching Sex in the City, you know, just just pause and let it sink and then think about your text and then text them a couple, like, you know, a half hour or, you know, I think that I think that a healthy time for reply, text replies is like a half hour, an hour. Um, if it gets, you know, if, but you do also want to follow his lead. If he takes a day to reply, you take a day to reply. Or if he takes, you know, three hours to reply, mm, you take three hours to reply, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, but once you get that kind and of if you're maybe your phone's off, you're in the middle, you're doing a volunteer service work activity for a few hours. Yeah. You're not at your phone. That's yeah. fine. You don't need to feel that anxiety that, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not at my phone. And that you're will You don't entice. need to be, you're doing yeah. things, what men love that. Men yeah. and women want someone who has a life. Mm-hmm. No one big, wants someone who doesn't have a life. So that's remember the big that. Secret yes. to relationships. Mm-hmm. Have a full, wonderful life, and he's just the cherry on top. Right. He's or just she's another too, element she's... of that. Of that. So yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Aiden for a second. I Great. want to talk about Aiden. Great. I, do you, Christina, what are your thoughts? Because I feel like Dan is very much an Aiden, Christina's husband, <laughs> but but also you're like in love with him, like head over heels. But huh. he's just Dan and Aiden have so many similarities. What do you like, think? Aiden, like Dan is just so doting and not doting in like a creepy way, but just really just there for you. Mm-hmm. And he's stable, and he's yeah. just just such a stand up guy. Yeah. And Aiden was that. Like Aiden was the rock, and he was wonderful. But mm-hmm. I I think that also you and Carrie are very different. But so, what are your thoughts about Aiden? Are you an Aiden fan? Were you Team Aiden? Let's see. Dan is my husband, by the yeah. way. For people, he's amazing. I <laughs> set him up. So if you didn't listen to episode one, I introduced them. Um, he was a mutual friend. Mm. Well, actually, not a, a mutual. No, friend. he was, he a, was friend a friend of, of mine, yours. and then I introduced her mm-hmm. him to Christina, and now they're married. I always <laughs> liked Aiden, but for those those just reliable qualities. Oh, sorry, oh, no. getting a call declined. <laughs> declined all right continue I always liked Aiden for those reliable steadfast just doting qualities of his I thought those were wonderful but it's but Carrie didn't have didn't have that passion for him and and maybe it was because yeah I guess if you look at my relationship I have that oh no it's totally different yeah but you know, it's 
she's a different woman. Obviously. So no, I don't. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to compare them. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I'm just saying, I think that Aiden is like the ideal husband. Right. Um, right. The right. ideal husband. He's steadfast. He's reliable. Like, this is an incredible guy. But he for was, some reason, yeah. when I was younger, I hated Aiden. I hated Aiden. Mm. Now, as now that I'm older, I love Aiden. And I'm looking for more of an Aiden than I am for a Mr. Big, even though I want the emotions that carry us. Well, you know what I mean? Like I feel right. like it's really important. But and I but I feel like to sustain a relationship, you need a guy with Aiden's qualities. Mm. You know? Because the, the Mr. the real life Mr. Bigs of the world, you know, you gotta be really careful with them. Was he I, I just I'm forgetting about Mr. Big because I guess for what I'm remembering, he wasn't that bad. Oh, but he was, he was pretty rough. But I know yeah. was Aiden maybe too what we were saying before, communicating too often. Yeah, it doing just wasn't some a of fit. the it this, wasn't a fit. This yeah, doormat type things because yeah. you need a man who stands his ground and mm-hmm. who doesn't just yes you to death. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits of some of our bachelorettes with their their husbands or. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our former bachelorettes mm-hmm. and their husband, yeah, he might have those steadfast, reliable qualities, but he also is a man yeah. and has a backbone. Like Dan. Right, exactly, <laughs> like Dan. That's no, something very attractive and he's mysterious. He's not... Yeah. Like, where are you at? Where are you been? Who you see? Like, that literally, that was Aiden. Remember? Right. And he was sitting at home. He didn't have a life. Yeah. Well, he had a life. I just think it wasn't the best match. I think that Mm. all in all, it would have been great had Big not existed. Like, had Big not been a reality in the world, Mm. I think that that they would have been a good match. But okay, let's move on. Um, Steve and Miranda, I know that, especially Mm -hmm. with... um, with I like the Steve and Miranda couple because I think that we can actually learn a lot from this couple. Um, we work with a lot of Mirandas. We work with a ton of Mirandas mm-hmm. as matchmakers in Beverly Hills and in Los Angeles and in New York and in San Francisco and in D.C., we work with a ton of Mirandas, and I feel like these are women, and Miranda was like the the original girl boss. Mm. She was rocking. She's rocking yeah, her career. Really was. High-powered attorney, has a beautiful apartment, um, has her life together, and then she meets Steve, the bartender. Right. And, you know, they fall in love. She loves Steve, but he was not the man that she wanted. That she that expected. she expected and that she envisioned for right. herself. right. So I think that what women can take from this is that a lot of times the guy that you end up marrying, and Steve, the qualities, though, that Steve has, what a great guy. A hard worker, a stand-up dad, reliable, on time, like just a really good man, um, emotionally available. We're not talking about the first movie. Yeah, we're not talking about first movie, Steve, where he he cheated on Miranda. But Miranda was, the thing is. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. This is not the movie. This is about yeah, the series. This is about the series. Right. But I so I think that a lot of women need to get out of their own way. Right. The girl bosses who are expecting a when they think I'm at this level of success, right. Right. a right. man that I need to be with needs to be at my level or higher. Right. When I'm here to say that's not necessarily gonna make you happy. No. You know, we're we see it every day because the 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 bosses, the bosses, and a lot of times the girl bosses don't necessarily mesh that well. No, you never see each other. You never see each other. Christina, you feel pretty passionately about this. Well, we've even had mm-hmm. bachelorettes come to us and say, I think I've been doing this all wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that what I envisioned for myself 
I realized that might not be the right, he might not be the right fit for me. They were saying, oh, she thought that you want to be with a billionaire, millionaire, whatever it is. She realized that maybe a man who, yeah, has a career where he supports himself mm-hmm. and is a stable guy without putting all these other superficial requirements upon mm-hmm. it, that's important yeah. to think about. And that's, mm-hmm. imagine if someone, and I wrote an article about this, imagine if, and I think it was the Taylor Swift one with mm-hmm. and Calvin Harris one. Was that Elite Daily? Yeah, for yeah. Elite okay. Daily. And they and I was saying, imagine if Taylor Swift said that same thing mm-hmm. that some of these girl bosses are saying that he needs to make more blah blah. blah. I think Taylor Swift is probably one of the most high income yeah, she's earners in earners. the world. Yeah. I don't know the, the factors of hundred percent, but she you can't. You really, you just have to be, see people as people Mm -hmm. and look at qualities rather than superficial attributes Mm -hmm. and take them for everyone for who he is. And even Mm -hmm. look at, uh, look at Steve Harvey's, the act like Mm -hmm. lady, think like a man in the movie, the girl boss woman ends up being with a man who's more of a dreamer type and it works really well. Yeah. And he has ambition. The thing, the thing, okay. But here's the thing that I have with Steve obviously we're not saying like lower your standards and go out with a guy who's unstable. And exactly. Steve was exactly. kind of like, he lived in a pretty gross apartment. Like, you know, mm. but, but he was stable. He could live his life, but like, could he support a family? Uh, you know, thank God that Miranda mm. could. So okay. that's my struggle. That's oh, my struggle. I see what you mean. But that's my struggle where I am coming in to say that yes, in, in, it's a good example. And I love, I love that we're talking about this and that we're bringing this up. Right. But don't take it too literally. Because we do want you to be with a man who's on, who's successful in his own right, but he doesn't have to be a billionaire or exactly, a millionaire. Right. He can make, you know, a, a hundred thousand a year, and that's a good, that's a good income, and that's, yeah. you know, that's that's a good and solid also think income. about it age wise yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Are you in the age where your childbearing years? Yes. Then that's important to think about more of the provider. Absolutely. And, but if you're not, if you're past that, yeah, you have a whole new world of men to, to so that opens up to true. you so like past 30 past like 38 39 40 41 42 43 right like, and they can still have there's yeah. a possibility of having, of having children, children but when just, does it officially end i think it's like mid, mid 40s where it's really not a late possibility yeah anymore. late like 40s, 40s i would yeah. say 50 probably yeah, 50 is like the cut i don't know the exact numbers yeah. on this i think it varies woman to woman as well mm-hmm. when menopause happens right yeah i think it's right i think right it's it varies it, it varies vary. but but that's christina that is so true because we work with i mean we're working with a couple billionaires right now mm-hmm. who are very concerned about only being matched with men who are at their level of being a billionaire and let me tell you guys you know out in the world here it's really tough because the billionaire guys they're not necessarily looking for right. a billionaireess woman right. you know they're looking for a young hot thing you know yeah. they they kind of made a lot them. of times a lot of times not always yeah. you know there are successful men who are looking for an equal um but you know it's just but but that's in itself is so superficial it like is. you're you have a ton of 
some money. Just be with a guy that makes you happy. Enjoy mm-hmm. his company. Someone right. who's great at storytelling. Someone who's going to be reliable. Someone of who, course who you has enjoy. those important qualities, yes. steadfast qualities, but yeah, values. That, right. Those are the most, that's the priority. Not how much his paycheck is or how exactly. much he has in his 401k. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, great. Stephen Miranda, Aiden again, we already talked about. Um, Samantha and Smith Jared. Oh, I love well, this relationship. Well, Samantha is a character of what I think is extremely unrealistic. I don't for think so. so. Many I have a Samantha in my life. One of okay, my girlfriends well, is Samantha Jones. Like, okay. one well, of my girlfriends. And you know who I'm talking about. She is Samantha Jones. She's a little there younger. There are issues that go along yeah. with what Samantha does, is yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult. And yeah. I guess there are women who, but just not even going into that. Yeah, we've had we've worked with we've worked with certain bachelorettes who have wanted the starting actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, upstarting actor. We're fine with that. And that also kind of yeah that that goes into. I just also want to say we made a little mistake in our last podcast. Oh, Courtney Kardashian is 38. And she's dating the 24-year-old model. Oh. So one of my one of my girlfriends was listening to the podcast and she's like, Allie, oh my gosh, you made a mistake. So I said, Oh, we need to, we need to Good. Um, this, make this. this is a Yeah, this is a what is it? Retract. We're retracting our original mm-hmm. statement. Exactly. But <laughs> with that, I mean, like, look at Courtney Kardashian. You know, she's she's dating a 24-year-old model, and that's fine. And that's that's filling her right now. Um <laughs> Yeah, I oh, would Lord. say it is difficult though, yeah, and I was I was planning to write an article about that dynamic of yeah. can you even if you're a wealthy, beautiful, successful woman like Samantha is, yeah, is it possible to date a man who hasn't really reached his mm-hmm. goal of what he wants to do yet? My opinion. Dif- that's a difficult I'm, quandary. I'm on the if he has ambition and yeah. he's on the road to success. Right. I think that that's a really big element. I right. think that if he's on the road to success, he may not be there just yet. But if he's on the road and if he's passionate, he's you know I think mm. that that works. Um, the pro- the mm-hmm. whole the what we were speaking about before of provider, he's not going to be able to provide yeah. right now for a yeah, family. That's true. That's something to keep in mind yeah. if you're, if you yeah. are, that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And I feel like especially like in, in theory, it sounds great, but mm. in reality and in practice, it's, it's kind of impractical because especially within LA, we have these up and coming actor slash model slash, you know, the slashers that we talk about. And, you know, maybe they're on, like, a CW series for, you know, a, a, for one one show. But one, but when they're kind of climbing up, they're hustling. Like, their yeah, focus they is their career. Yeah. And if you are looking for a man who is wants to be in a relationship, this is probably not the pool that you really want to dip into. Mm. You know, you want to go for the guy who is maybe a behind-the-scenes guy or someone who's, you know, a little more established in his career. But I feel like I don't want to it sound like we're contradicting ourselves because talking about Steve like he's it's a totally different situation yeah, we're talking about the pretty boy yeah, hot this is model very, but that's if, if mm-hmm. a woman if that's her top priority yeah then you have, but it comes with yeah the price yeah exactly like if physical if you want your guy to look exactly like Ryan Gosling you need to know he you may help be helping him pay his rent <laughs> true what what do you want me to say I know. he probably is I gonna mean, be a trainer at equinox it, yes and the yeah. entertainment industry it's just very difficult it's because fickle it's fickle and they it's might get reliable. they might cancel a date on you mm-hmm. because they have an audition that pops yep. up 
just these are things that come mm-hmm. up with the industry if that is their yeah. main goal right now and you're not their relationship or you aren't their main exactly. goal. She's industry. helping. Samantha is helping him yeah. in his career. That's though. true. So, it's, I, but this is a weird situation. This yeah. is like, is this a real life situation? Right, now? right, Like right, usually yeah. these guys would be dating women who are not involved in their careers mm-hmm. and who are just, you know, so I think that, I think that um, Smith Jared is a great fictional character, but he's I, such a, gen- oh, a genuine sweetheart oh, in the series what a too, how they, sweetie pie. how they present him. I, I know. don't know if we've, come across too many we, we definitely like have it. We, we live in the young Hollywood scene and we've seen we've seen a lot of these guys and a lot of times it's they it's can not, be nice they can but be they're not really nice. looking for a relationship yeah. what, so, what, yeah. what we've what we've experienced, what we've experienced yeah we've, anyway yeah definitely okay so my other hot topics um Amal and George Clooney just gave oh, birth yes. to twins I heard about that so yeah this is big and as matchmakers working with bosses on the regular what do we think of power couples because we kind of put the down a little bit before. Right. But power couples. Let's talk about power couples. Well, I also heard that George Clooney said he's going to be taking time away from his career, maybe. To I don't know if this is don't quote me on this, but I yeah. I know <laughs> saw that you were with I that. saw I was shop girls were shopping. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, very reliable. The <laughs> National Enquirer. Um people or people. something. You can't help um, but look at of those. Of course. No, of course. <laughs> but well, I mean, my thoughts on bosses together this seems like kind of the theme of the episode like Mm -hmm. what levels are good matches I mean the way that we do matchmaking we do take job into consideration like it would be it would be weird for us even though we are giving the advice to give the guys a chance that don't necessarily aren't at the level of success that you're at we're a little jobist here at matchmakers in the city we need when we're matchmaking we need a guy to have a, not only a stable job but to be in a career that he's excited about mm. and that he's passionate about mm. so but but I think that our whole discrepancy is we don't really care how much he's making. Like, obviously, he needs to make, like, enough to support a family because that's right. we're matchmakers and that's what we're leading to. Right, right. But at the same time, we're not going to say, oh, he makes 100000 a year. That's not enough. You know, we had a woman, you know, we have a lot of women who come in being like, I won't date a guy who makes under 300000 a year, which is just like – what are you That's doing? That's what we're saying. That's is the what we're problem. saying is the problem. But I so mm-hmm. with this whole power couple yeah. dynamic, what is your question about it? Just what, is, what do we think of power couples? Yeah. Well, it, it works for some people. Yeah. And you have to I guess make sacrifices here and there of mm-hmm. so this if this magazine article is true, <laughs> George Clooney is yeah. going to be taking some time away from yeah. his career yeah. to help raise the children. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it depends on it. Just yeah. depends, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely all for pow- all for the power couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, but at that same time, I think it is very important for. We always say this: you need a diamond and you need a setting. Yeah, you I need know. a diamond and a setting. So, mm-hmm. so one person, you know, you can both shine definitely in but, your respective areas. Yeah, in yeah. your respective areas. So that's actually I like this couple because George is the. Actor who's you know 
in front of the he he's that person. And then Amal is, you know, she's in a totally different industry. Right. So that's right. why we like when we're matchmaking celebrities or people in the industry, we like to alternate industries a little bit. We don't always say, okay, you're an actor, let's put you with another actor. Because a lot of times you need a creative element and then you right. need more of a businessy element. Right. That's what that's what makes it a couple. It's that's what makes it work. And a so good team. A really good team. So I'm rooting for them. I think that they're fabulous. So good congratulations, Amal and George. I'm so happy. Yeah, okay. that's it's really so beautiful. Cute. It's really cute. Good. And then this week on The Bachelorette, so we wouldn't be a matchmakers in the city the podcast <laughs> episode without talking a little bit about the Bachelorette. So this week on The Bachelorette, the, the guys went to Ellen and basically did a Chippendale strip tease for the audience. Oh. I know. So Christina, oh, is this hot help us. or not? Hot or not? <laughs> I'd say definitely not. <laughs> But I don't we know who. It. <laughs> it, it, it just sounded like an old, like... Creepy. Maybe Ellen's audience wants yeah. that. It's but... like grandmas. <laughs> they were, like, Chippendalesing. They were, like, stripping on grandmas. It was really funny. But oh. do you think, though, that this oh, is gosh. hot? Like, is this a hot thing? Do you think that women enjoy this type of thing? Well, maybe they could, but is it right is another uh, <laughs> another mean, story. Yeah, I think it's that there's an element for like men. the way that some of the guys got really a little too into it as if they've oh, done it before. <laughs> Hashtag Kenny. No, no, he wasn't actually on that date, but um or was he? I forgot. But oh, anyway, wow. I mean, I think that if it's done and kind of joking and, and funny, like if it goes, but the, there is a level that's crossed where it's like creepy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want my guy like grinding on these women like topless. I just don't find that attractive. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But I mean, you know, respect. Um. Okay. So great. So thank, thanks, Christina. I guess we're kind of saying... Not hot. <laughs> like, not hot for a guy you're dating. For fun, maybe. I just, I don't think, I think it's a whole bag know, of worms. Christina, you hate Or a whole can of worms that you're getting Hollywood into men. when you do that. And it's yeah. just, it, it's going to play with the guys. Just, I don't, no, I don't you think don't, it's. You don't, you don't mess with that. Yeah. I mean, I love a good Hollywood men show. <laughs> that's all Sanja speaking. No, I just think it's funny. If you're for Not a bachelorette me. party, that's different. Yeah, but we disi- I disagree yeah, we on have, that, we do, too. Yeah, we're, we have very firmly. Yeah, we do have very different views. Okay, and also on The Bachelorette, Raven warned Rachel. So Raven's one of Rachel's friends from the last season. Warned okay. Rachel that one of the guys in the house um, had had was not, was there for the wrong reasons. Oh, should you, specifically. Yes, mm-hmm. should you? My question is, How though, did she know him? Um, she she met him and she asked two of the guys from the house okay. if he was in the house. She just said, she said, who's here for the wrong reasons? She asked two guys in the house, who's here for the wrong reasons? And they both told her the same guy, Eric. Okay. So should you, oh. but this kind of brings a bigger question. Mm, should you always crazy. listen to your girlfriends when they give you advice about guys? What do you think, Ooh, Christina? Well, Sandra, you brought up a great, great yeah. topic. And I'm actually writing about when guys speak negatively about their friends mm-hmm. and ha- when to, if you should trust that or not. What do you mean, guys? This is speaking it, when negatively? male friends, it, male friends of each other. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I, but this brings a no, another element, element to it. Yeah. But I found that the Bachelorette is a different situation because they're all competing for one yeah. woman. But I've, from, from seeing 
being a matchmaker for all these years and seeing when hearing our bachelorette say, actually, his friend warned me about him and said, you're a good girl, stay away. Mm. I've rarely seen a guy lie about that sort of thing mm-hmm. because there is that man code brother mm-hmm. thing where they don't they're not gonna out a really nice guy and they're a guy gonna be like a oh he's a good guy he's, yeah, he's a, like, good oh, guy, he's a good guy but I'm better yeah, yeah I'm better yeah. for you yeah but yeah. if they're that's that from that's the first thing that comes okay. to mind but what about girls because I feel right. like it's more often girls and your girlfriends who are telling you Oh my gosh, he sounds awful. Not not even necessarily this situation, but when it's say you're at brunch and you tell you know every brunch you tell them updates about the guy that you're dating, right? And right, you know, right, and then they're right, like, right. "What are you doing? Like this guy is you know he's this, he's that." So they advise you because that's what girls do. Girls advise. Right? Should girls listen to their girlfriends when it comes to these things? I would say. My gut instinct is that you have to be careful of who your friends are and who you're sharing your dating questions with. Mm -hmm. Because some women aren't looking out for your best interests, even if you think that they're your friends. Ooh, wow. And well, it's just, it's true. You have to be very careful who your counselors are. And yeah. And so, who, I don't know how close Rachel and Raven are. They're close. And okay. she was coming from a really good place. Okay, good. I'm talking good. about the girls that are coming from good places. Okay. My opinion right, on this right, right, is right. that a lot of times when women, we don't really share. Like, yes, we share when good things are happening to each other, but we need, we lean on our female friendships when things are a little rocky in the relationship department. Right, exactly. So that's, that's when true. we lean on our girls. Right. But the problem, and that's wonderful, and that's community, and that's really necessary to just maintain sanity, right? Yeah. But the problem with that is that when you do lean on your girlfriends, which you should, to a certain extent, but when you do do that, they then have an image of this guy mm. that he is this villain. The The guy is villainized mm. because the women only hear the negative elements about this guy. They only hear when things go wrong. They hear about the, re, you know, when the guy like says, oh, I'm so sorry. This wasn't, you know, you, you thought that this is what happened, but this is really what happened or whatever. Mm. But when, when we, cause I've even done this with you when you've dated guys and I villainize them like villainize eyes so before Dan obviously now with Dan I knew Dan and that's also why I think it was really important because I knew what a great guy he was so I would be like oh he's amazing you know what I mean that's what I was just going to say yeah that have them meet each other yes yes that's a great way because then if they have if they kind of get to know each other in in a setting that isn't one-on-one obviously with them that's not Appropriate. Not appropriate, but, or no, just three. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why? You don't need to do that. You can do a little group, but as long as they have a basis, okay, who is this guy? Yeah. What is he like? Mm -hmm. And not when she's talking to me about him. What is, that's a great way. And I've had some friends say, I just really want you to meet him. Yeah. Just, yeah. Because I've also gotten in trouble with this with girlfriends who have come to me and, you know, Really, like, I obviously, this is what I do. I advise yeah. women. That's what we do. It's, you know, we're matchmakers, and with our girlfriend, with our close girlfriends, we, you know, share these stories and we help them out and they help us. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's a give and take. I think it's differ, 
chores though when you're married. You don't really dish anything. No, when you you're don't. Married. Then exactly. It's like a code of like, no, we don't talk about that anymore. Right, right. When you're dating and when you're in the throes of like, oh my gosh, he did this and is this right and what do I do? Right. Um, but I've gotten in trouble where I've been the person to say, listen, this is a bad guy. Like he is not good. Look at the way he's making you feel and da 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 da. So I've been in that situation, but I've learned that I need to not do that anymore mm-hmm. because unless there's literally concrete evidence of him, a picture of him making out with a woman from, you know, right. one, one over right. nice guy, you know, you got to just let the woman go through it and use her gut. And then if she gets hurt, you're going to be there for her. But if she doesn't, like you inevitably, like this guy will probably be a part of her life for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've had friendships that it's been really strained when they've really ragged down and, and just thrown him across, you know, just laid it all out there. And then I've had experiences then where I've been the one who was like, girl, you got to get out of this. What are you doing here? But then they go back to him and then our friendship is strained. Right. So on the other side, I've learned to keep my, keep my mouth shut unless it's something where literally I have photographic evidence of him being awful Mm. and to be like, listen, give him the benefit of the doubt. Like give those affirming feedback as opposed to like, you know, really villainizing the guy. Right. And it obviously depends on what they're saying to you. If mm-hmm. someone's physically abusive oh, and emotionally abusive, those yeah. sorts of things yeah. are a different Super level. Seed, for sure. But I, that brings us back to Sex in the City, just ties it into the mm-hmm. beginning. One of the episodes that I really learned from was when Carrie was advising her friend when who was complaining about her husband. <gasps> oh, God. And then that friendship is thrown in the gutter oh. because Carrie gave her advice to why are you with him or something like that. I don't to know leave the, him, yeah. the specific... Then she came to live with Carrie. Right, and right, right, right. she was just an awful person. Right. <laughs> she so, complained about everything. Right. That's oh. when I learned and that's what we you were saying. So, See, but you did learn stuff from something. No, no, I did learn. There's, I, there's, yeah, there, yeah. I definitely yeah. learned some things yeah. from there. I'm not I'm not trashing the whole show. I'm just saying there are a lot of things I don't agree with. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But. No, definitely. So, yeah, I think that inevitably listen to your girlfriends, but go with your gut and don't try very hard not to demonize people because it can be a slippery slope. Mm. Like, because we can, as women, we can really be, you know, we can be brutal. And it's important to just give people the benefit of the doubt um, and just go with your gut. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Eight Other Reasons, because everybody has reasons. Eight Other Reasons is at the center of a jewelry revolution. Fashion forward and in demand, Eight Other Reasons encompasses beautiful statement pieces and everyday staples to complement each wardrobe. The 80R girl is unapologetically sexy, what we like to call a baller bohemian. She is beautifully intense and always perfectly undone. She, the stone-cold fox in boots and the life of every party. Go to www.the8otherreasons.com for more. Again, that's www.8otherreasons.com for more. Okay, so our next segment is Sisterly Advice. Wonderful. Every week we answer a listener's burning question, and every week we give her advice that only your sister would give you. Here's a question from our network. Hi, Ellie and Christina. I've been dating a guy that I'm really into for about two months. We see each other about once a week 
on the weekends because we are both busy with work and I want to stop dating other people. I get really jealous when I think, even think about him looking at another woman, let alone dating other women. So part one of this question is, how do I deal with that jealousy? Part two, I want to be exclusive with him, but I don't know how to bring up the define the relationship talk. Is it too soon? How do I bring it up? XOXO, ready to DTR. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh my gosh. Okay. I think a lot of women are in that boat. So totally. that's a great, great question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first inkling, I'm going to actually answer part two before we get to part one, but my first, my first gut reaction, and I just did this thing with this Canadian um, television network, my ex TV, and it was with a, a round table of matchmakers. Where's that all, Sandra? Where that's on, can they can it? watch it on our Facebook. So at matchmakers in the city, that's our Facebook. Great. Um, and it's just a live video. It's an hour long and it's a, of myself and a few other dating experts and, and psychologists. Yeah, and we're there. talk and we talk about that. We talk about this. This is one of the things that that, that is brought up. And um and so okay, you're dating for 2 months and I know that feeling where you're like I'm so into this guy. Wow, obviously I want to be exclusive with him. I want him to be my boyfriend. What is going on? I don't want him dating other people. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine this. But I am going to tell you Women and men get to that stage di at different times. It takes men a little bit longer than women to come to that realization. They need more time. Two months may seem like a lot to you, but you gotta wait it out. You also should not be bringing up the defining the relationship talk. Definitely. He needs to be the one that's going to bring that conversation up. Mm -hmm. Two months, three months, I think four months is a solid, healthy amount of time. I've mm -hmm. talked to a lot of psychologists about this. Mm -hmm. um, four months seems like it's a happy time hmm. where it's right? like four to five months you can then begin kind of, you know, just alluding to that conversation. Um, it will probably happen naturally after four or five months, but first month, second month, third month, you're dating. This is the dating phase. This is the indecision phase. Right. So you got to give that some time before jumping the gun because if you jump the gun too early on, the guy is going to pull away. Mm -hmm. He will pull away because he'll be like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know. Like, no, I, yeah, I like her, but like, I like being single and I want to like still, die. I don't know if this is my woman. And especially the older that people get, the harder and the more serious they are about right. potentially entering into a relationship because this is like, you know, in your 30s and your 20s and 30s, later 20s and 30s, this is the time when if you're dating someone like, you know, it's potentially going to lead to something more serious. Yes. So therefore keeping that in mind, knowing that you got to pace yourself, you can still see other people. And I would encourage yeah. you yeah. during this time, you're discerning, exactly. you know, he may seem great, but guess what? You know, if you're not exclusive, you should be seeing other people. Um, just to, you know, unless it gets to a point where you're feeling uncomfortable and you feel like that's mm -hmm. seeing other people you'll is, know listen listen yeah. to yourself and listen to the spirit because yeah you you'll know if it's just getting to that point where it's too much yeah. but I actually just wrote an article how to go from casual to girlfriend stop I'm going to post it wait I didn't even know that you yeah did that. I'm going to post it is it right for your tango uh, yes. Oh, wonderful. Right we as, love your as soon as we're done so that people can read it yeah. and it will answer some more of the, this in more depth since we're about to be out of 
time. Yeah, I love that. But jealousy is another jealousy. issue entirely. We're going to be talking I about that on our next podcast. You're so sexy, beautiful. Everybody wants <laughs> right, to Alessandra. Face. Well, we're going to be yeah, tackling we'll, the well, jealousy. I think we'll dive into jealousy on the next podcast. So stay tuned, ready to DTR. But definitely hold tight homegirl, you know, hold, hold on. Um, two months is not that long, especially if you're only seeing each other once a week. If you're seeing each other like three times a week, like that's a different story, but I don't even think that that's healthy to see each other no. so many times a week. Once or twice a week is more than enough. I, can, I always say um, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. You know, as long as you have a good chunk of time together, you're engaged, you're not on your phone, he's not on his phone, like, you know, that's a good time, but definitely don't jump the gun. We've all been there where we've wanted to jump the gun. And believe me when I tell you it does not it doesn't benefit anyone it just scares the guy away so just relax and date other people and enjoy the time getting to know him because yes it is nice to have a boyfriend but like you're not just looking for a boyfriend you're looking for your person so you don't need to to be your you want the next one to hopefully lead to something more yeah so you know just just pace it out and know that there's no rush and when it's right it's gonna happen and if it's not right it won't so there's no need to to hasten it and the guys do like that chase when you're not Mm -hmm. you know they they can sense when you're only dating them and when you're really putting all of your eggs in their basket so just keep it open um for the first two, three, four months. And then once that hits, then it's time to start considering. And we'll talk about that as we come. Um, Okay, great. So I actually think that we are out of time, um, but we have some really fun things that we're going to talk about next week. We have a brand new segment coming up um, named Stop, I Can't. Um, So that's really going to be really fun. But our last segment is Catching Up with the Contis. So Christina, what's going on for you this upcoming week let's see well I'm supposed to be going to a icons an icons of LA <gasps> private party Stop. in the Hollywood Hills Stop. oh my god I'm so tomorrow <laughs> is this that secret group that, yes that yes invite only oh, oh my and you gosh. can't bring a plus one <gasps> so it's just you're not allowed to bring no Dana no or any of Dan the asked if so we, can I go? You can't bring a plus one. <laughs> no, Wait, that's, you're so exclusive, Christina. Yeah, so that's on potential. The How about you? I love it. What am I doing this week? Well, I have tonight I'm going to one of our recruitment associates and one of my girlfriends. Um, she has a beautiful hot tub, so we're doing just like a hot tub girls' night session mm. um, where we're. I just haven't seen her in forever. She was just traveling all over the world, yes. and I love her to death. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do that, and then this weekend I'm not – what am I doing? I think I'm going to some fringe LA um, festival thing. Oh, so that will be festival, nice. The, the fringe. Place? Yeah, like one of my friend's friends, one of Alexis's friends, it has a play oh, that she's in and that she's that's doing. Fun. Yeah. I did that two, yeah, two or three that. years ago. Yeah, so I've never done it, so that should be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, well, thank you guys so much for listening, and please send all of your questions. If you have any yes. questions that we want that you want us to answer, you can send them to the Facebook group, to Matchmakers in the City. That's our Facebook page. You can DM us on Instagram or on Twitter, and our Instagram mm-hmm. is at Matchmakers in the City. Our Twitter is at Matchmakers ITC. Um, 
And yeah, and you can always email us. Um, you can email our assistant, Nina at matchmakersinthecity.com, and she will um, send all of your questions to us. Exactly. And then if you want to call us, if you're driving or something, 424 325 2204. Again, that's 424-325-2204 and just leave leave a message with your question. Yeah, and exactly, and sign up to so that we can be your matchmakers or send you um, or have you work with one of our matchmakers. Oh, I'm also going to New York next week. Oh, yes. I know, I'm so oh, excited. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I have a new, I go like once a month, so this is my big New York trip for the month and I'm so staying we'll, at a really cute hotel. Will we be doing a podcast next week? We'll do it, yeah, we'll probably do it on Monday or, t- Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, we'll probably, we'll figure it out. Um, but anyway, so we look forward to chatting with you guys next week again and have a really fun weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Matchmakers in the City, the podcast. For more information, visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com.